Welcome everyone to the BISA Portfolio Podcast. I'm Rich Blake, Portfolio Contributing Editor. Today, I'll be speaking with Martin Powell, who is Head of Annuity Distribution at CUNA Mutual Group and a supporter of BISA's Black Voices Unmuted Task Force. CUNA Mutual Group is also BISA's 2020 Diversity and Inclusion Award recipient. Martin, you are a leading voice tackling some important, difficult to confront, seemingly intractable issues, racial bias, gender bias, long grappled with by the financial services industry and all of society. And I know you are passionate about this. Can you share a glimpse into where your passion stems from, perhaps a bit of your own personal story of your pathway to leadership and who has inspired you along the way? My passion for equality was instilled in me from my parents, which was instilled in them from their parents. My mom's mom was born in Alabama in the early 1900s. And in the 1930s, she left Alabama to find greener pastures in New York City. And she was a welder during World War II, building naval ships that were going into battle to fight for the freedom of this country. And my grandfather, he immigrated to this country from the Dominican Republic. And on my dad's side, my grandmother, she is African-American and part Native American. And she had a great passion around education. And she was very fortunate and worked very, very hard. And she was one of the first black women to graduate New York University Law School, and she had other master's degrees. My dad went into the service. He was in the Marine Corps. He fought in the Korean War. And when he got out, he took his GI Bill and gave him an opportunity to get education. He went to Lincoln University here in the Philadelphia area, historically black college. And then he went on to the University of Penn to get his master's degree. My parents met when my dad was in graduate school in Philadelphia. My mom was a very successful executive assistant. She worked in the family courts, um, assisting judges in the family case matter. My parents really, really followed in their parents' footsteps of hard work, and focusing on making their families better and the communities they lived in better. And they wanted to make sure that me and my brother never forgot the struggle and was part of the struggle to improve equality for all. So my brother and I were inundated with history of learning about our family's history, reading, listening to speeches from Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the list goes on. It was really a big focus. And my parents always reminded me that they were so motivated about this movement. They went to the March on Washington. Um, I was born in 1968, the same year that Martin Luther King was assassinated. And my parents decided to name me Martin and they also named me Kennedy for, for JFK, two 
you know, very important leaders that really believed in um, equality for all and, and moving this country forward and getting past our history of, of, of racism. And so me carrying Kennedy Powell as a name means a lot and it means a lot in remembrance of, hey, I need to work hard. I need to help pull people along. And if I can change one heart, one mind, if I, a person of color, a woman sees me doing well and sees me head of annuity distribution to say, hey, one day I want to be head of annuity distribution or hey, one day I want to be CEO of a major um, life insurance company. It's, it's possible because as we know, hard work and intelligence does not discriminate. And people of color are very passionate about this country and what this country stands for. And they've made a great contribution and they wanna to continue to make a great contribution to this country. Let me ask you, are things better or worse compared to when you first started in the business? And do take a step back and, and talk about how you got started in the business. What was it like in the early to mid nineties? Not a lot of people who looked like you wholesaling financial products. Was that a motivator? What do you recall about rising up in the ranks? It, it was a motivator because I knew I had to work twice as hard and have twice as much education. And when I was, um, went to college, I went to Rutgers in, in New Brunswick. And um, I just knew that I had to work really hard and hit the books. And I had an opportunity to um, study economics and statistics in college. And I was excited for um, my first internship in 1987. Uh, New Jersey recently implemented a seatbelt law and uh, they want to go out and do some behavioral research on the utilization of, of, of seatbelts in the 80s. And I was excited to get this opportunity to go out and work with the professor on the study. And uh, back then, because of technology, they didn't have you know, cameras and all, all this advanced technology of today. We had to physically go out and document seatbelt use. And uh, it was a six to eight week and I had to go to different intersections across Southern New Jersey. And honestly, I was harassed. People called the cops and said, well, he doesn't belong here in my neighborhood. And the police would come and harass me and they would call my professor and maybe let me stay or ask me to leave. And it was really tough, but it was inspirational that I had the opportunity to, to be a part of this um, study and, and build, build myself. And, uh, I got done school on time, graduated in 1990. And if you're old enough to remember, that was after the Reagan years. That was in the, um, the first Bush term. And uh, we were in a, a recession. And I had opportunity to become a financial advisor. That's how I got started in this business. And uh, I worked for Metropolitan Life. And uh, I got an opportunity to, to do the job, but it was very tough because I was pretty sure Everybody I met, I was their first insurance agent that was African-American. And um, some people wouldn't let me into their houses and then some people would. And I had an opportunity to learn a lot and, and break down barriers. And a lot of my conversations, which inspired me, 
where people wanted to hear my story before they would do business with me. And, and for, for them, it was the first time, like I said, them having an African-American agent and the first time they actually had opportunity to just sit with an African-American and just realize like, hey, why did I have this bias? They're, the bias is not true. So it was tough then. And today there's still some challenges. I've been very fortunate to work hard and, and, and make the right connections and move to the level I have. But even today, I still get uh, some challenges and I still get asked um, to valet um, somebody's car when I'm, I'm standing there waiting for my car to get valeted. And, and I still get asked, you know, they think I work at the, at the hotel after I get off the main stage and open up a conference. Uh, those things still happen. And so things are, are better in some sense, but things aren't as far as they really should be. I can tell you've thought long and hard about this. Uh, there are still too few people of color in the profession. Share your perspective on how we make more headway. Big picture, your thoughts on more diverse leadership at companies and entry-level ideas. All hands on deck. The way we make a change is, is, is to... First and foremost, people who are in power to open their mind, like the folks that have impacted my career. I can remember my boss when I worked in technology, I, I left financial services and got into technology. And his name is Jay McCarthy. And his wife worked at Lincoln Financial Distributors. And uh, he, she was the CFO of the distribution company. And they were at a picnic with the CEO and all the other executives. And they, and they, the conversation talked about how do we get diversity, not just people of color or women more into financial services, but diverse experience. And I was fortunate to be a top salesperson in technology at Verizon. And Jay was willing to, to be my sponsor, knowing that he would lose one of his top salespeople, but a sponsor to say, hey, I would like Martin to see if he can get this opportunity at Lincoln Financial Group. And, and I got that opportunity to go work at Lincoln Financial Group. I also have to give credit to Dave Schweitzer. Um, he's our executive vice president at CUNY Mutual Group. He gave me an opportunity to come in and, and build an annuity distribution out for CUNY Mutual Group when the CUNY Mutual Group said they, they wanted to accelerate into new markets. So my message is, is that leaders, you should really seek out diversity, diversity of, of, of ideas, diversity of background, because I truly believe that diversity and having people with different backgrounds is really energizing and it really pushes an organization forward. It pushes an organization to be successful, having people with similar backgrounds and similar thoughts doesn't really push the organization forward. I really find, and I believe that in my team as well, the difference of thought and background and experience allows us to move forward and become better at what we do, not only personally, but professionally. I also say that the important part that we need to do in this industry is work on building the pipeline. 
we can always have the excuse that we can't find folks if we don't bring folks in in the front line so they can get the experience to move up within this business. So it's the second part is, is not only putting talented people in, in senior level and mid-level positions, but it's very important that we go out and, and find the talent, that we spend the times at the universities that have a lot of diversity. We spend times at historically black colleges and universities and find the talented people to bring into this organization because it's just the right thing to do. It's the opportunity to make your organization stronger and more successful. You mentioned in an earlier conversation we had the power of breaking bad habits and recognizing the need to unlearn biases. It's important for each of us if we're going to move forward in a more inclusive way. Talk about, and I know you're a student of history, talking about, talk about uh, how habits are broken over time and, and perhaps touch on some advice for the industry in terms of breaking down biases, breaking bad habits. Sure. When I think about um, different points and times of our country, I think as humans, we realized that we had some things that we put in place for the wrong reasons and we just got in a bad habit of doing it. Let's talk about segregation and let's talk about the movement that Rosa Parks started and her wanting to sit in a different part of the bus. And then it spread from multiple parts of the country that people stood up and said, no, I'm going to go sit in, in another part of the bus. And it just started spreading. And then it became front line and center. It was heard around the world. And it really started that civil rights movement. And ultimately, it pushed these segregation laws all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court changed them. It went on and created the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And it was just the momentum behind of, hey, why are we doing this? Like, in this point in time, this doesn't make any sense that we should have separate bathrooms, separate schools, separate places to sit on the bus. Like, this makes no sense for the United States to, to behave this way. And we're in this movement today, which has happened with, with George Floyd. And, and it's people coming out and saying, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, why don't we have better policing? Why are we still racially profiling people in 2020, in 2021? Justice is not finite. It's, a, it's an infinite resource. And it, why wouldn't we want to treat people exactly the same? Like, why did I have to raise my kids to teach them how to drive while being black, I used to call it DWB, because if they got pulled over, I didn't want them to get injured or hurt. Teaching them how to make sure that they are very respectful and keep their hands at a certain place in the car, make sure all the documentation's up to date. Those things just shouldn't have to happen. And it's really us all getting together and really breaking down on both sides our biases. I had an opportunity to go through a really good training class 
uh, with a group of leaders at my company. And I think it was eye-opening for all of us. It was a very moving experience that we have these biases that we just because of habit, we've always operated this way. And now it's time to continue to make that change of looking and saying, why are, why are we policing this way? Why are we um, running our educational system this way? Why aren't we recruiting this way? We need to continue to move our society forward. People want to come to this country, people that live in this country, we're all the same. We all are humans. We all love our families. We love our friends. We want to do good things um, within our communities, within our country. We want to work hard. We want to defend this country and, and continue to make this country a really strong country and fair and equal for everybody. You know, we talked about uh, bad habits. Looking at the financial industry in general, what are some specific bad habits that just need to be broken? I think three things they need to break. They need to continue to create diverse pipeline and hire more diverse people within roles of banking. They need to create more access to the products and services that everybody else has access to. And thirdly, really need to increase the opportunity to get the financial education that's needed to create a successful financial outcome for individuals. Historically, they have not done these three things very well at all. So if we can overall help people on how to be financially successful, how to save, how to even do the basic things of, of balancing the checkbook and preparing for a rainy day, it's just so critical. We can't assume that education is happening in some of these disadvantaged areas. We need to just go in these areas and go into the high schools and recruit entry-level positions. Uh, there's a lot of talented people so they can be a part of the financial services industry and make a great contribution to that. And we need to make sure that we have the access to advisors for adults so they can have really good education when it comes to understanding their 401k or their pension plan at work, understanding you know things around healthcare, Understanding the basics of when to take their social security, understand Medicare and Medicaid is, is just so important. Just those basics that are needed for the adult population. And obviously we provide this education and strengthen these people's mindset financially. It takes the burden off the system that they don't want need a safety net, that they can actually develop their own safety net. And obviously the healthier we can make them financially, the healthier the, uh, we are as a society, not just in the, in the urban communities, but overall in the entire United States. And if there's one executive who's listening to this and you want to really plant a seed, one point of action, one impact, what, what would you like to convey? I'd really like to convey that let's open our minds and open our hearts up and Let's embrace each other. Let's accept our differences as well as let's embrace our differences. It's an opportunity for us to accelerate the entire country to be fair and equal and an opportunity 
for us to continue to move people who are disadvantaged in this country, it doesn't matter what color you are, to become uh, stronger financially, become stronger educationally, and which ultimately be, creates a better community and ultimately a better country for us to just continue to just look at how we can take all these talented people that aren't given an opportunity because intelligence doesn't discriminate, hard work doesn't discriminate. We just need to break our bad habits. We can be better as a society and we can be better from a professional standpoint, whether it's corporate America, nonprofit, uh, government, educational, if we just stop all this negative energy and systemic discrimination and racism, we know that that's not needed. We don't need to be spending the energy on those things. And if I can just move one person today to say, hey, I'm going to stand up, because most people aren't racist, in my opinion. But people aren't anti-racist. That people stand up and say, you know what, this is just not right. We believe in justice and equality for all. And I'm gonna, if I see something that's not right, then I'm gonna stand up and say, hey, this has gotta stop. And I just hope that we just really look at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, we're all beautiful people. We all love and care for our families. Let's, let's just move forward and let's take, take this energy to you know, solve all our other challenges in, in, in the world around health and, and other parts of society and education. The list goes on, obviously. Let's just take the energy, let's put it to that to just make this country and the world a better place for everybody. Well, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I can tell you, you've accomplished your goal, opening my own heart and mind even more, just as we've gotten to know each other on this call and, and in prior conversations. Thank you, Martin, for sharing your personal journey. And this is just the start of the conversation and more to come. Thanks, everyone, for joining this BISA Portfolio Podcast. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Rich.